Hey everybody, welcome back to my leadership podcast. I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to speak into lives of people everywhere on leadership and faith. So thank you for joining me today. You can find out more about myself or our church at c3churchglobal.com. Well, it's a good day to be alive and uh, it's a good day to have clean hands and a pure heart. When you're washing your hands, don't forget to lift them. Amen. Worship Jesus and give Him all the glory. Give Him all the praise. As much as we're receiving news and information about current situation around the world and right here in Australia, make sure we're receiving the Word of God. And that's what we're going to do right now. And I want to say a special welcome to all that are watching online and especially, obviously, to our other locations around Sydney. Such a pleasure to be able to talk to you this way. And this will become more of a common event, obviously talking, <clears throat> excuse me, through screens to, uh, to whether it's individuals, small groups, other gatherings around the world. And one of the reasons that I'm a little, little croaky this week is I've just done 16 hours of filming uh, in our TV studio over a period of three days to camera. Uh, which is kind of tough work when there's nobody else actually right in front of you. But it was for our online college. And I would urge any of you who have not yet been to our online college to sign up and be part of it or even attend our on-campus colleges, either at Silverwater or right here at Oxford Falls. Let me pray for you as we come around the Word of God. Father, I'm believing that today, right over Sydney at all of our locations, every single pastor, minister, worker, volunteer, musician, singer, all of the people who help us serve in the house of God each week and all of our congregation, all of our families, all of our individuals, Lord, our young people, our babies, our, our teenagers, dear God, that the great blessing of health from heaven and protection, no deadly pestilence will come near your dwelling. Psalm 91 will be upon every believer in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a great clap offering. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. All right. Elbow your neighbor and say, uh, I'm glad I'm sitting next to you. <laughs> Thank you. So good to be talking with you out there at Parramatta and Penrith and over at Roselle as well. I, and Silverwater. Oh, I was at Silverwater recently. What a wonderful congregation. All of these locations have some of the best people in the world in them. And uh, all of them are the best people in the world. And, and it, it is such a privilege to be able to gather together and worship. I was thinking that this morning, singing, worshiping, listening to the finest worship leaders in the world. I mean, not just one or two, but everywhere at all of our locations, all of these people who give their Sundays and give their time when they could be doing other things to come into the house and lead us in worship. I feel so privileged to be in the house of God. You know, David said, one thing I've desired of the Lord. What one thing do you think he would have desired of the Lord? He said that I could go to church for the rest of my life, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I mean, it's a passion he had 
to be in the house of God. As you follow us over the next uh, few days, weeks, uh, make sure you keep up to date with any announcements through Instagram. If you have difficulty getting online, ring up our offices. That We have people there who could help you uh, get, it, get online and uh, make sure that you're receiving any information that we're sending out. This is the first message in a series we're doing on love never fails. Can you all say that for me? Let's say it over all of our locations. I want to hear it from Morunga. Okay, everybody, say it together. That's a scripture. Love never fails. It's actually talking about love in the sense of it never gives up. It it will achieve what it's meant to achieve because it never gives up. It's from the one Corinthians thirteen chapter on love. But uh, I love that. I love that idea that love never fails. It's our it's our cry at Easter talking about Jesus and His love for the world on the cross, that that love will never fail in terms of it being applied to your life. And, and you'll find it works for every single person who receives Jesus into their life. And that's what we are meant to be bringing, especially in the midst of a world of panic, a time of fear. The antidote to that is the Prince of Peace. The antidote to that is the, is the author of faith. The answer to that is the captain of our salvation, the apostle of our, our, high, our high believing, and that is Jesus himself. And I'd like to say that when we, when we declare that love never fails, love is a person, and that person is Jesus. Love was embodied in a person whose name was Jesus, and, and he laid down his life for us, which is you can't do anything greater than that in terms of love for other people. That love translates in our world in a fearless courage. In 1 John 4 verse 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. So when we got fear trying to corrode our faith deep down on the inside of us, when the love of God, and we recognize it and meditate on it, and we just don't meditate on His love for us, but we start to think how much we love others. And we also start to think how much we are loved by God. For some people, that's a very difficult concept to receive, but you have got to. At some point in your walk with God in your, in your whole life, actually not just know the theology that God loves us, but believe it. So I, I know that, that he, He's loving me today, counting the hairs on my head, deeply involved in my deepest emotions. He feels what I feel because He's in me. And when I've got that sense, it eradicates fear out of my system. Way back in 1932, when President Franklin D. Roosevelt became the President of the United States and they were in the midst of the Deep Depression, the Dark Depression, he, in his inaugural address, said, we have nothing to fear except fear itself. Circumstances will always be out there of some kind of distressing manner, but every one of us need to understand we can actually control our emotional life. And if we allow ourselves to be overwhelmed with anxiety and panic, we will act and make bad decisions that are going to be with us for the rest of our days. But he has said, and and I believe that, fear, fear, not the circumstance. Get rid of the fear and you'll find yourself actually thinking straight, keeping your head when everybody else is losing theirs, and and walking in a solid, straight path into victory. 
In Psalm 138 verse 3, David, the psalmist says, In the day when I cried out, you answered me. Well, that's good news. I got a bad situation. I cry out and say, God, change the situation. I know some people in their marriages, they're having difficulty. They, they cry out, God, change her or change him. I, I know it's none of you, but anyway, some people do pray like that. Or else we're saying, Lord, I, my job is in jeopardy. I pray you'll fix that up so that I keep my job. We cry out because of the circumstance and we want God to touch the circumstance. And it says, I cried out and the Lord answered me. However, sometimes God answers us in an entirely different way than we are thinking He will. He says, in the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. That's how God can answer us. He may not change the circumstance, but He changes us so that we react differently to the circumstance that we're facing. And He answers us by putting boldness where there's timidity, where there was a lack of courage. He, he gives us strength when we had weakness so that we're able to confront a situation that is totally intimidating us and causing us to walk in weakness. So when we cry out to God for change, leave it open. He may be using a circumstance you're in to actually go to work on your life and change your own heart and develop a mindset that's stronger so that it's not so easily overwhelmed. He wants to develop your capacity so that you can cope with a greater problem in your life. And you actually are going to be changed in the world of discipline so that you filter the kind of things that you're going to allow your mind to dwell on. Whether we dwell on fear and panic or whether we dwell on faith and the promises of God in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a great clap offering. This passage in Psalm 23 is so important because this is talking about continually walking, keeping on going, taking steps. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Now there's a, a Bible called Dake's Annotated Reference Bible. It says the deep, these, these valleys of the shadow of death, the deep, waterless gloomy, wild, beast-infested, rocky, dangerous, death-lurking ravines common in Palestine. Though I walk through these, I'm not afraid of any evil. How can you walk in that dark, gloomy, beast-infested ravine and not be afraid? Like, oh, what's coming out of the... Because I got you with me. You're right at my side, Lord. That's why I'm continually making decisions. I'm not going to get paralyzed by panic. I'm not going to get frozen by fear. I'm going to keep on walking. I'm not going to let my life get stuck here where I am today because of some fear pushing back. God is with us. We will keep walking forward. We will keep taking ground. We will keep getting through any valley that comes against us. We will make it to the other side. There has to be a place and a time where we switch on faith. Now understand me, I am not being light about these situations. These are serious days that we live in. I'm not being irresponsible. I'm not asking anybody to be reckless or to be uncalculating in the way that you actually manage your life in terms of safety and health. However, I think we should work from a basis of faith in God rather than fear of a, a problem coming into our lives. I think we should work from a basis of love for other people and a concern for them rather than working from a, 
a fear on our, of our own lives being in danger. And so when we get love filling our hearts, fear is evaporated and its corrosive effect starts to fade from within us. 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. When you let fear get a hold of you, friend, soundness of mind is going to disappear. You will be thinking in panic terms and, and making poor decisions. Never make a decision when you're in a panic. Get out of the panic, get into the promise of God and think, how would I be making a decision if I knew everything was all right? How would I be making a decision if I knew everything's going to be okay? That we're going to get through this. Today is a day of pressure and stress, but give it another few months, everything will be fine. There's always going to be difficulties. And this year so far here in Australia, there have been some disastrous, tragic, terrible events. And one, one could be tending to think, well, this year is a terrible year. However, if we could latch a hold of faith and understand that all things work together for good to those who love God, even in the midst of the worst of circumstances, we will find out that God is working in you and me and in our congregations and in our movement right around the world. Even though we might have to cancel a global presence tour, it's not the end of the world. Even though we might have to go to church online for a few weeks, it's not the end of the world, friends. And even if it was the end of the world, it's not the end of the world <laughs> because we have got heaven. We, we've, got, we've got a new life in heaven. You can't, you can't lose for winning. The best predictor of victory that you have is Christ within you. <laughs> if Jesus, who rose from the dead, lives inside you, then that personality, that person, that spirit of Jesus himself always comes up out of the grave. Somehow, some way, even though it may seem impossible, they may roll a heavy stone over, put a seal on the stone, station soldiers around the outside. It's not going to stop the resurrection power of Jesus Christ from getting you up and out of whatever difficulty you are facing in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want to take you to a, uh, another scripture where love casts out fear. And in Isaiah 41 verse 10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I want to give you five reasons to not be afraid from this passage. If love is casting out fear and replacing it with His presence, that is not being unreasonable, and neither is it denying reality. Don't be, don't be thinking, oh, this is just excusing ourselves from facing the real situation. No, it's not. Faith faces reality. It doesn't deny it. It puts itself in full view of the reality of the situation. In fact, the Bible, when it's speaking about Abraham, says he fully knew that his wife was barren, but yet he didn't lose faith that she could have a child. He didn't say she's not barren, she's going to have a... He knew the reality. We see the reality all around us. It's not blinding ourselves to that. However, in spite of that reality, you and I can still believe 
for healing and health. And listen to me, even if there is illness uh, in some of our congregation members, that is why there is a healer. And that is why there is a healer to take us into, into health. That's why there is the healing gift. Getting sick isn't a, isn't a crime, isn't a sin. It is, a, it is then for us as a community to believe for God to bring healing to members in our, in our church. There are some many people who will not be in our congregations this weekend because of fears of, uh, of being uh, contaminated or receiving an illness or things like that. And, th- and they may have very good reasons for that. They might have immune deficiencies. Or, and, and I want you to understand, we fully comprehend and understand without any judgment at all why people uh, would choose to watch online or to remain at home and to be in isolation. That there's, we love you. We fully understand and respect those decisions. And, uh, and um, I look forward to days when we can see you and and hug and be reunited in all sorts of wonderful ways and fellowship. But at this time, I don't want any judgment of anybody within our congregation about whether a person got ill or whether a person is needing to stay uh, at home or whether a person needs to take other actions of, of any kind. I want us to be a community of the love of God so that people don't feel fear, don't feel torment or the fear of rejection or any of those things. And that's the kind of walk that you and I are called to. In a time like this, we can show love for the vulnerable in our community as well and reach out to people who are distressed, even though they might be distressed beyond the reality of their situation. They may be panicking beyond the actual reality of what's going on. But we can be a a voice of calm. We can be the presence of Christ. We can be the love of God to everybody around us in our workplace and beyond in Jesus' name. But let's not be a people who are judging the world or saying this shouldn't be like that or that shouldn't be like that and, and boasting in a faith or anything like that. I think we should be showing the love of God and shining brightly amongst people who are in a panic or who are in a fearful state. But for you and I here, this is what I want to say in these five things in these next seven minutes. Uh, there in all of our locations. Such a pleasure to be able to talk with you today. And I'm we're, we're praying for all of our, uh, our congregations right around Sydney, believing that all of us will be a light in the world to all of our people. The first one is, he says, be, fear not because I am with you. Abandonment, aloneness is one of the deepest fears that people have. If, I'm, if I think I'm, I'm just alone in the world, it creates a level of anxiety. And in a time when The word isolation is being used more and more uh, for people to actually have to do that. There can be a deep fear of of being alone. Our mind can start to play tricks on us. We can start to think things that are unhealthy. But I want you to know that God has promised, if you are on your own, fear not, because I am with you. There's no wall that he can't penetrate, that he can't come through. There's no block of flats that are too high for him to get into. There's no situation too deep or dark or in any circumstance where God cannot go. And you need to have a fearless life and be filled with courage because you can understand that he's right there with you. If you stay in fear, you may not get to feel that presence. But I would urge you to take a hold of the faith of God Stir it up in your spirit and you will experience the calming peace and presence of the Lord. It is an experience, friend. It isn't just a theology. 
He is there. And you can feel him. You can experience that. And he will modify your thinking, change your heart, fill your spirit with power. All we've got to do is look up and say, Lord, I'm looking to you. I've been looking at the TV. I've been looking at the newspaper. I've been looking at the supermarket queues. I've been looking at the toilet paper loss. You know, I've been looking at all this crazy stuff going on. But actually right now I'm going to lift up my eyes and I'm going to look to you. And you'll get a different perspective. You will get a different picture. You will get a different feeling coming over you. The second one is disappointment. Uh, Fear not. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. Disappointment is a very difficult thing to deal with. You know, you might be thinking, well, I asked God to get me through this. Look at the situation. I asked God that if this could happen for us, and it didn't seem to happen like I wanted it to, and I've lost my job, or I've, I've got this difficult, and you can say, God has let me down. And he's saying, don't be dismayed. I am your God. Maybe it didn't quite happen the way that you were expecting, but don't let disappointment overwhelm you and crush your emotions so that you're living in that depressed place. Stir up the joy of the Lord on the inside and say, I am going to have faith in God. In spite of the fact that things have been a little disappointing for me, I'm going to change my view right here, right now and switch faith on. And that can seem like an emotionally difficult thing to do, but you can do it. Every one of us can put on our faith and say, today, I'm not going to be fearful. I'm going to start being not disappointed, but courageous about the future. I'm going to fill my heart with hope. You know, way back in Exodus 6 verse 9, Moses had been to the children of Israel and he said, we're getting set free. Even though Moses was close to God, he, he didn't quite understand how God was planning to set them free. He thought it was just going to be one action, we're all out. It was actually going to take about a year and 10 judgments on Egypt and a horrendous backwards and forwards action between him and the king of Egypt. And then the people got extremely disappointed when it didn't happen like Moses had put out there. It says, so Moses spoke to the children of Israel, but they did not heed him because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. So they'd be disappointed. Moses said, we're getting set free. Then he went to the king and the king said, no, you're not going anywhere. And, uh, and in fact, I'm going to increase the workload and increase the pain on your people. And they, the people said to Moses, you've gotten us into more trouble. You just made it worse. And I've found that before deliverance, the grip generally tightens. And it just gets a little worse before it's going to get a whole lot better. And he, he, uh, he, he tried to tell them, listen, guys, I've got good news for you. They said, I don't want to hear anything positive. That just hurts too much. I don't want to hear you try and jolly me up or get me out of this disappointment. But let me try and just, just pry that big, heavy overcoat off and say, you know what? The sun is starting to shine. If you just lift up your eyes above the clouds, you'll find that the sun is shining, that God is here to touch your world and to help you through the deepest and darkest of disappointments. He finally got Israel out, and he will finally get you out as well, in Jesus' name. The third area is weakness. God says, fear not, I will strengthen you. You may feel like, I'm too weak for this. I'm not up for this. I'm not equal to the problems I'm facing. He says, I will strengthen you. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'm on your side. I'm going to give you the strength that you need on the inside of you right here and right now. 
Uh, Paul, he said, look, when I'm weak, that's when I'm strongest. He said, I will gladly rejoice in my infirmities because when I am weak, then I am strong. The fourth one is helpless. He says, fear not for I will help you. When we feel helpless, nobody's helping us. We're isolated. We're alone. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Listen, you need to know that when you're feeling not strong enough and nobody's helping you, that God himself will come in and be that help. Can I say this to all of us here and to all of the people in all of our locations? Let's be that help to other people as well. Maybe there's somebody out there who's praying for help in their circumstance. And God may want to use you to be that help so they can say, I got helped. It was a human being. It was a fellow believer. It was another Christian. But it was God answering my prayer. The last one, the fifth one is failure. Fear not, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. When we feel like we've failed, understand that you're going to get to the other side. I got to tell you, my first connect group, I had three people in it. One was there because they had to be. They were the host that was their house. The other person kind of had to be. It was her husband, but he would fall asleep every connect group meeting. And then there was another person who just wandered in occasionally It never grew. And I walked away from that pretty discouraged, thinking, man, I'm not sure I can do this. The first altar call I ever held, Chris was there. I preached the greatest sermon you've ever heard in your life. (laughs) I only had seven minutes, but I was a youth leader. It was my go. And then I held the altar call. I knew thousands would come out. (laughs) Not the sausage people. Not one person came to the front. It was just a disaster. I went home thinking, well, Lord, you you must have the wrong guy because I've seen guys, they do this and they're they're incredible. Our first church, we started with 15. After three years, we had 30 people. It, It didn't really grow at all. I mean, there are times when you feel like I have failed and I've got more of those than I think I have of successes. I think you generally are going to fail more times than you succeed. But I know this, that God builds a thing called resilience inside of you. When you come through a failure and you keep walking through that valley and you get a stronger character. When you read the stories of Winston Churchill, of Abraham Lincoln, the times they failed up to the point of their greatest moment of victory in in their destiny. It It is countless times, but God was working in every one of them a thing called resilience. And when, when all else feels like it's failed, listen, let me tell you, God is saying, I will uphold you. I will pick you up. I will make you strong. I will be there for you. Even in the biggest mistake and the biggest mess you've made, I'm there for you. Let me pray for you right across Sydney at all of our locations right now. Lord, I'm praying that you'll bring blessing on all of our people at Avalon, at Bankstown, at Manly, at Mossman, at Oxford Falls, at Parramatta, at Penrith, at Roselle, Silverwater and Warunga, Father, right across this city. We are believing, God, that in this time, a fearless courage would enter every one of our hearts and that the love of God would drive out all torment and fear. Let timidity not paralyze us. Lord, let not fear frighten us into being stuck in a position of fear. Lord Jesus, today, I thank you for the faith of God filling our spirit and for the love of God filling our communities in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you all. 
Hey everybody, thanks for listening today. I'm praying for you to be blessed. If you would like more resources or information or want to get in touch, head to my website, philpringle.com or follow me on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at philpringle.